After reciting the Tashahud Ta'uz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalib the Masih the Fifth, Ayyad al-Dala ibn Aziz stated, Today is 27th of May. For the Ahmadiyya community, this day is known as yawm e khilafat i.e. Khilafat Day. Every year, we hold gatherings on or around this day in order to commemorate yawm e khilafat However, why do we do this? We should remain mindful of the answer to this question at all times, and we should also tell our children and future generations to reflect on this. This began on 27th of May 1908, when Allah the Almighty, in accordance with His promises, blessed us by establishing the institution of Khilafat within the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Allah the Almighty made a promise to the Promised Messiah in relation to the progress of the Jamaat and He fulfilled it on this day. The Promised Messiah had been preparing His Jamaat for some time that no one could escape death. Even Prophets once they complete their mission, are raised to Allah after their demise. The Promised Messiah specifically prepared his Jamaat that the time of his return was nigh. However, along with this, he would also give the glad tidings that the community established by the Promised Messiah would flourish and spread and that the promises made by Allah the Almighty to him would certainly be fulfilled. And that the Jamaat would progress by the grace of Allah and no one could hinder it. In one narration, the Holy Prophet has made reference to his era and also the era of the latter days, i.e. referring to the time of the Promised Messiah and also about the establishment of the institution of Khilafat after him. Hence, in a gathering with his companions, the Holy Prophet said, Prophethood shall remain among you as long as Allah shall will, i.e. the Holy Prophet will remain among the companions. Then he will bring about its end and follow it with Khilafat on the precepts of Prophethood, meaning a rightly guided Caliphate will be established 
which will precisely follow in the footsteps of prophethood, which shall remain as long as Allah shall will, and then bring about its end. For some time now, I have been mentioning accounts of the companions that participated in the Battle of Badr, which also included the rightly guided caliphs. These days, accounts in the life of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu are being narrated. Throughout the accounts relating to the caliphs, it is clear as daylight that in their role as the Khalifa, all of them worked selflessly followed the traditions of the Holy Prophet and made the Holy Qur'an their guiding principle. In other words, they tried to remain firmly established on the precepts of prophethood throughout. Nevertheless, continuing his statement, the Holy Prophet says that a tyrannical monarchy will then follow according to Allah's decree and that people will be dejected and perturbed. When this comes to an end, something even worse in the form of monarchical despotism will follow it according to Allah's decree. History bears testimony to this. As a matter of fact, even until today, the Muslim rulers who have become distant from faith are treating the citizens in the same way. Be they political leaders or rulers in the forms of kings, one party or the other, whoever takes the reins of the government, they become immersed in materialism. Nevertheless, the Holy Prophet says that once all of this befalls the Ummah, the mercy of Allah the Almighty will be kindled and He will put an end to this era of tyranny and oppression. Following this, Khilafat on the precepts of prophethood will be established. Having said this, the Holy Prophet fell silent. The prophecy made by the Holy Prophet foretelling a time when cruelty and oppression would end was for those people who would pledge allegiance to the seal of the Caliphs, the promised Messiah and Mahdi and would act in accordance with his teachings. Allah the Almighty has established this system. But if the people do not come under its fold and persist in their stubbornness, then the only outcome is exactly what the Muslims are witnessing today. May Allah the Almighty grant these people wisdom and foresight and may they become those who recognize the true servant of the Holy Prophet Instead of becoming those who, by rejecting him, increase in their cruelty towards the community of the Promised Messiah Nonetheless, it should be clearly understood that the Holy Prophet falling silent after stating that in the latter days there will be Khilafat established amongst you on the precepts of prophethood denotes that this establishment would remain for a very long time. Owing to not understanding certain aspects, 
Some people allege that the silence denotes that this establishment, i.e. the Khilafat established after the demise of the Prophet Islam, would come to an end quickly. All such people are gravely mistaken. The Promised Messiah himself has clarified that this institution is one that would remain. The promises made to the Promised Messiah by Allah the Almighty will surely be fulfilled. Even if the heavens and the earth are rent asunder, there is nothing that can prevent divine promises from being fulfilled. Nevertheless, whilst clarifying that the institution of Khilafat is one that will remain established, the Promised Messiah says to members of the Jamaat, So dear friends, since it is the practice of Allah from time immemorial, that God Almighty shows two manifestations so that the two false joys of the opponents be put to an end. It is not possible now that God should relinquish his practice of old. So do not grieve over what I have said to you, i.e. news of his demise, nor should your hearts be distressed. For it is essential for you to witness the second manifestation also, and its coming is better for you because it is everlasting, the continuity of which will not end till the day of judgment. And that second manifestation cannot come unless I depart. But when I depart, God will send that second manifestation for you, which will always stay with you, just as promised by God in Barahina Ahmadiyya. The words of the Prophet Islam, wherein he says that this is a promise from God Almighty and that the second manifestation, or in other words, Khilafat will remain until the last days, means that such people will continue to be born who safeguard and protect Khilafat Ahmadiyya. Thus, fortunate are those among us who remain attached to Khilafat Ahmadiyya and teach their progenies to do the same. And unfortunate are those who desire to confine Khilafat Ahmadiyya to a period of time or those who harbour such thoughts. Such people will, as always, face failure and be unsuccessful. This has been demonstrated through the history of the community where the enemies met with failure at the time of the election of the first and second Khalifa. Nevertheless, whilst further elaborating on the fact that Khilafat will remain established, the Promised Messiah says, And this promise, i.e. the promise about the establishment of Khilafat, is not regarding my person. Rather, the promise is with reference to you. As God says, I shall make this community who are your followers prevail over others till the day of judgment. Thus, it is inevitable that you see the day of my departure, so that after that day, the day comes which is the day of everlasting promise. Our God is He who keeps His promise and is faithful and is the truthful God. He shall show you all that He has promised. Though these days are the last days of this world and there are many a disaster waiting to happen, yet it is necessary that this world continues to exist until all those things about which God has prophesied come to pass. And there are still countless promises made by Allah to the Promised Messiah which are yet to be fulfilled. The Promised Messiah says, I came from God as a manifestation of divine providence. 
and I am a personification of his power. And after I am gone, there will be some other persons who will be the manifestation of the second power of God. Thus the promises of Allah the Almighty to the Promised Messiah about the rejuvenation and progression of Islam and all other promises which he was foretold will God willing surely come to fruition. Those promises will surely be fulfilled. The community will see the day that Islam is victorious, God willing. The community will witness its own progress, God willing. Those who remain attached to Khilafat will become recipients of the favours and grace of Allah the Almighty. The Ahmadiyya community will spread across the world. And this is precisely what the Promised Messiah has also said. Therefore, whilst expounding upon the victory of the community, the Promised Messiah states, This is the way of God. And ever since he created man on earth, he has always been demonstrating this divine practice. He helps his prophets and messengers and grants them success and predominance. As he says, And the word predominance is meant that as messengers and prophets desire that God's will is established in the world and no one is able to oppose it, so in turn does God demonstrate with powerful signs their truthfulness as well as the truth they wish to spread in the world. He lets them sow the seed of it, but he does not let it come to full fruition at their hands. Rather, he reveals yet another dimension of his might and creates such means by which those objectives, which had to some extent remained incomplete, reach the stage of perfection. These prophecies and promises which Allah the Almighty has vouchsafed to the Promised Messiah shall reach completion. And this will happen through the system of Khilafat which is continuing after his demise. Allah the Almighty will cause this community to progress and He is doing so. He Himself is guiding people. He connects them to Khilafat and is connecting them now. Otherwise, it is beyond human capacity to do such a thing. It is beyond human capability to tie the members of the community with the Khalifa of the time in such a strong bond that it has no parallel. It is not only the fact that Allah the Almighty connects the hearts of those who are already Ahmadis with Khilafat. Rather, He also connects to Khilafat the hearts of those who later join the fold. And those who newly convert and have not yet received full moral training. This is solely the work of God Almighty. After pledging allegiance, they demonstrate the same level of sincerity and devotion to the Promised Messiah. They show the same sincerity and devotion for the completion of the Promised Messiah's mission. They demonstrate this devotion to Khilafat Ahmadiyya under his name, and they continue to demonstrate this. If the manner in which people pledged their allegiance to the first caliph was not by the special help of Allah the Almighty, then what was it? Aside from a few hypocritical people who can be found in every community, people continue to increase in their devotion and love for Khilafat. As for the hypocrites, he reprimanded them greatly and put them in their place whereby they no longer had the courage to even raise their heads. Thereafter, during the elections of the second Khalifa, in spite of the commotion caused by the same opponents, 
who acted hypocritically during the first Khilafat. but remained within the community. The members of the community called out the name of Hazrat Mia Sahib, Hazrat Mirza Mahmud Ahmed Sahib, and pledged allegiance to him as a second caliph. This was despite the tumult, mischief and disturbance of these people. The world then witnessed just how quickly the community continued to progress. Mission houses were opened around the world, mosques were constructed and literature was disseminated. The tasks with which the Promised Messiah came progressed further. Then in the time of the third Khilafat, Allah the Almighty blessed the community with further advancements despite the severe attack from the government of the time. Those who claimed that they would reduce every member of the Jama'at to carry a beggar's bowl themselves departed this world in a pitiable state. Later, new avenues of progression opened during the era of the fourth Khilafat and Allah the Almighty demonstrated new signs of his aid and support. New doors for spreading Islam were opened. Those who sought to cut the hands of the Caliph of the time themselves had their hands cut and their bodies were scattered in pieces into the air. But the community never stopped making progress. The scope of outreach increased. MTA was launched, through which the message of the community began to reach every home. This is the progress towards the fulfillment of the promises of Allah the Almighty vouchsafed to the Promised Messiah. If one were to ponder, what else is this if not the fulfillment of the promises made by Allah the Almighty? Allah the Almighty also manifested His aid and support during the fifth Khilafat. Within MTA, new avenues were opened for propagating the message of Islam and completing the mission of the Promised Messiah Islam. Seven, eight new channels were launched in different languages, whereas before there was only one. Various programs were then translated into different languages of the world. MTA then reached all those corners of the earth where it previously had not reached. And the message of Ahmadiyyat and the true Islam began to reach people living in these countries and areas in their local language. And through this, hundreds of thousands of pious-natured people were provided the opportunity to accept Islam. Furthermore, aside from MTA and radio programs, Allah the Almighty has guided people Himself and enabled them to accept Ahmadiyyat through dreams and various literature, etc. If we study the history of Ahmadiyyad, we find many instances during the lifetime of the Promised Messiah of how Allah the Almighty Himself guided people to accept the Promised Messiah. The same was the case in the time of Hazrat Khalipdumsi the first anhu, and Allah the Almighty would guide people himself. Many more people with pious souls continued to join the fold of the Jamaat. Then during the time of Hazrat Khalipdumsi the second anhu, similar incidents took place. Traditions are narrated within various families of how Allah the Almighty bestowed the opportunity upon the elders to accept the truth. The same is witnessed during the era of Hazrat Khalif Lumsi the third Rahimahullah. Even in the time of Hazrat Khalif Lumsi the fourth Rahimahullah, Allah the Almighty guided pious souls to accept Ahmadiyyat. All of this was as a result of the promises vouchsafed to the promised Messiah by Allah the Almighty.
During the era of every Khilafat, the Jamaat continued to expand. Even in the fifth Khilafat, Allah the Almighty has continued to bestow His blessings in the same manner. Allah the Almighty is opening ever new avenues for Dabliq and is opening the hearts of more and more people to listen and accept the message of the Prophet which is the message of the true Islam. Such events transpire which show that the event could only have happened as a result of divine help. Otherwise, simply through human effort, people would never accept in this way. I will mention a few incidents which will demonstrate how Allah the Almighty has inclined people's hearts towards accepting Islam Ahmadiyyat. and how he shows them the truthfulness of Khilafat Ahmadiyya and fills their hearts with the love of Khilafat. Guinea-Bissau is a distant country situated in Africa. A resident from there, Abdullah Sahib, who was previously a Christian, says, some time ago, I saw a dream in which I saw a person with a white beard who was wearing a turban and was addressing a congregation. People were listening to the address in complete silence. He further says, The person was delivering the sermon in a very simple manner, which was completely different to the way our people deliver sermons. When he woke up, he did not understand the dream and he forgot about it. A few days later, he saw a similar dream and owing to this, he was able to vividly recall the face of the person in the dream. He then saw a third dream. In the meantime, he tried to investigate who the person in the dream was, but he was unsuccessful. Coincidentally, one day, he went to one of our mosques in a nearby town of Farim. It was a Friday and the members of the Jamaat were listening to the Friday sermon on MTA. Upon seeing me, he immediately asked the Mu'allim, who is the person delivering the sermon? The Mu'allim replied, he is our Caliph. Upon this, Abdullah Sahib sat down and quietly listened to the sermon. After the Friday sermon, he offered the prayers with the rest of the congregation. When the prayers had finished, he stood up and said, Today I accept Islam. And then said, God Almighty showed this man to me in three different dreams, and this left a deep imprint on my soul. I was in search of him for a long time and so by chance today I came to your mosque and saw your caliph. I saw the same face in the dream and the same scene in which people were sat quietly listening to a sermon. And so I enter the fold of Islam Ahmadiyya. This is how a person living in a far-off place was guided in that he was first shown a dream and then Allah the Almighty created the means for him to witness the physical fulfillment of that dream. Some people question as to why do they not experience such things. This is the grace of Allah the Almighty. He guides whomsoever he pleases. But in order to receive this, one has to have a virtuous nature and to bow down before God. Undoubtedly, it must be due to one of his virtues that Allah the Almighty guided him in this manner. Amir Sahib of the Gambia writes, There is a woman by the name of Sister Fatu Sahiba, who is almost 60 years old. She says that a group 
belonging to an Islamic organization, visited her area and began speaking against the Jamaat, saying that Ahmadis are disbelievers and will never enter paradise. There should be no dealings with them at all. Most of the people in the village accepted what they said, but this woman says that she became worried and began to pray for Allah the Almighty to guide her in this matter. A few days later, she saw a dream in which she saw the members of the same Islamic organization that visited her village. She saw that despite the fact that their eyes were shining bright like the stars and they were holding copies of the Quran in their hands, they were complaining that they cannot see the text of the Quran. Upon this, they began making a commotion that Allah the Almighty has caused them to lose their vision. And owing to this, they would not be able to earn a livelihood. And they have been humiliated and left in ruins. She says that she saw in the dream that the members of the same organization desired to shake the hand of the Khalifa of the Ahmadiyya community, but they are unsuccessful in this. And they admitted that undoubtedly Ahmadiyyat is true. But if they accept Ahmadiyyat, they will lose all their followers. Nonetheless, in the morning, this woman narrated this dream to her family. Some people allege that Africans have less understanding. But nevertheless, her interpretation of this dream was that despite their eyes shining brightly, they were unable to see the writing in the Holy Quran. This meant that they had completely strayed off the right path. Thus, some people who accept Ahmadiyyat experience such extraordinary incidents, which clearly proves that it is a special sport of Allah the Almighty which enables them to see such insights. Guatemala is a country in South America. Yuronika Sahiba, who lives in San Marcos, which is approximately 250 kilometers away from our mosque, close to the Mexican border. She says, 10 years ago, I saw a person in a dream who told me that the path of truth is Islam. He said for me to read the Holy Quran which I said that I do not know how to read the Qur'an. However, that person said that you can read it. Next morning when she woke up, she informed her husband and father about her dream. But they said, Islam is not the path of truth. It is a religion that teaches terrorism. All of them were Christians. Nonetheless, she says, my heart was not content. I began researching about Islam on the internet and started learning about Islam myself. One day she went to the market and saw a woman wearing the veil. Seeing the woman in the veil, she became curious. She met the woman and inquired about her attire. That woman responded, I am a Muslim and that is why I am wearing the veil. So this woman became an acquaintance and informed her about Islam in detail. The woman who she met in the marketplace was an Ahmadi. Yuranika Saiba says, After hearing about the teachings of Islam from her, I pledged allegiance. But my family members were not pleased. They would constantly raise allegations. I was unable to respond to them. So I said to her, i.e. the Ahmadi woman, to come over to my house and that I would gather my relatives. Thus, we had countless sittings in which we propagated the message of Islam. She even began spreading the message of Islam. She not only pledged allegiance, but also began propagating the message. She gathered her friends and also gave them refreshments. One of her sons, who is becoming a lawyer and is in the final year of university, also pledged allegiance. She was so passionate and enthusiastic 
that she learnt how to read the Holy Qur'an using the internet. She even managed to memorize the many chapters of the Holy Qur'an and using the audio, as she could not write Arabic, she wrote the entire Qur'an in Roman English. Amisab says, When I went on a visit, I saw her notebook. She wrote the entire Holy Qur'an by hand. And now she is learning Arabic recitation and is writing in Arabic. In this manner, Allah the Almighty is not only bringing pious souls into the fold of the Jamaat, but is also fulfilling the promises vouchsafed to the promised Messiah that were to be fulfilled after his demise. Indonesia is another distant country. A youth residing there was informed about Islam Ahmadiyyat, as a result of which he immediately pledged allegiance. Nur Sahib, the Sadr of that Jamaat, says, Before he left, I gave the youth some books, as well as some brochures which had the picture of the Promised Messiah. When the youth returned home, his father saw one of the brochures and asked him who was the man in the picture. He replied, It is the picture of the Imam Mahdi. Last night I saw in a dream that the Imam Mahdi has arrived. The youth was previously acquainted with the Jamaat. For this reason, I immediately pledged allegiance. Upon this, his father said, I also would like to pledge allegiance. Allah the Almighty is admitting people into the Jamaat in this manner. Azila Karim Sahib, who is a Muslim in Burkina Faso, says, Hamid Sahib lives in our area and regularly listens to the radio and had great sentiments for the Jamaat. He would also give Chanda, and in fact, he became very regular in paying the Chanda. Yet when it was asked of him to pledge allegiance, he would avoid it using one excuse or another. Perhaps it was not the obligatory Chanda, he would perhaps pay towards Tariqa Jadid and Wakfa Jadid, or he would contribute to some other scheme or give a sadqa. Nonetheless, he would give Chanda and make financial sacrifices. When I was in Ghana, I also saw that of those who understood their responsibilities, many would come and give their zakat amount to us, saying that if they give their amount to their clerics, they would embezzle it, but they knew that the Jamaat would use it appropriately. This is how some people give financial contributions there. One day he saw in a dream that there is a gathering and some people are inside the four walls of the compound whereas some people are outside it. He says, I observed that the people inside the room were all Ahmadis. Upon this I said to myself, I am also with them, therefore I should also be allowed to enter. A sound then emanated, only those shall enter this room who have taken the bed. Since you have not taken the bed, therefore you cannot enter inside. And so the very next day, after witnessing this dream, they came and took the bed. Despite the efforts of the people, they could not convince him to enter the Jamaat. However, since he possessed a pious nature, therefore Allah the Almighty did not allow him to be ruined, nor desired this for him. Thus Allah the Almighty guided him in this way. This is also an answer to those who raise the allegation that they do not experience any dreams. One has to first purify themselves and remove all the external thoughts in one's mind and supplicate and then Allah the Almighty also grants guidance. There is a member from Mali, Muhammad Kone Sahib. He heard the Jamaat radio station and also those who speak against the Jamaat. Thereafter he began to pray so that Allah the Almighty may guide him to the right path. He says, after this, I saw an elderly person in my dream who was saying that whether one accepts now or later, every single person shall one day enter Ahmadiyyat. Thus, this has been destined by Allah the Almighty. Allah the Almighty has vouchsafed His promise to the Promised Messiah. And just as the Promised Messiah has also mentioned that the mission of the Promised Messiah shall be fulfilled through the establishment of the blessed institution of Khilafat, Subsequently, he took the bayat.
The missionary in Guinea-Bissau writes that Usman Sahib is a member who recently accepted Ahmadiyyat. He found out that many members of his family were accepting Ahmadiyyat. And so he gathered some Mulvis and went to their area so that they could oppose the Jamaat. Our Mawlim told them that they could certainly oppose them and no one would stop them. However, they should at least listen once to what their message was and thereafter they could oppose them through argumentation. The Mulvis refused to come and listen to their message. However, Usman Sahib accepted their invitation and came to listen to what their message was. He was informed about the advent of the Promised Messiah It was a Friday when he arrived and at the time my sermon was being broadcast on MTA. They told him that if he had some time, he could listen to the Friday sermon. And he said that he would listen to some of the sermon as he had some time. When he began listening to the sermon, he completely forgot how much time had elapsed and ended up listening to the entire sermon. After this he stated, The Ahmadiyya Jamaat cannot be disbelievers, as is alleged by others. This is because your Khalifa is mentioning the life of a companion of the Holy Prophet and a Jamaat of disbelievers cannot do such a thing. Thereafter he stopped opposing the Jamaat and after some time he also joined the Jamaat along with his family. He has not only entered the Jamaat but he is also engaged in Tabligh and regularly pays his chanda. This is the impact of the sermons which Allah the Almighty grants to the sermons of the Khalifa of the time. The local missionary in Congo, Kinshasa, says that he started a Tabligh campaign in an area. The non-Ahmadis began to oppose the Jamaat through very careful planning. After three months, Usman Saib, who was among those who were opposing, contacted the mission house and stated that he wanted to join the Jamaat along with his entire family. When he was asked the reason for this, he said, One day my wife was watching satellite TV and came across your MTA channel. Since she knew that I was at the forefront of opposing Ahmadiyyad, she called me over. And when I was about to say something against the Jamaat, my wife told me that I should watch the program first and then speak. At the time, my sermon was being played on MTA as well. After listening to the sermon, I was convinced that what I heard that day was indeed the true image of Islam. And after listening to the Khalifa, I no longer had any doubts about the truthfulness of the Jamaat. This is not owing to any personal achievement. Rather, it is the manifestation of Allah the Almighty's blessings of His divine promise vouchsafed to the promised Messiah of fulfilling His mission through Khilafat. The missionary in charge of Guinea-Bissau says they preached in a village and many of its residents accepted Ahmadiyyat. However, four families refused to accept Ahmadiyyat. When our team went to the village to install MTA, the Mualim also invited all those families who refused to accept Ahmadiyyat and informed them that they had a Muslim channel and they should come and watch it as well whereby they will also be able to see the image of the Promised Messiah as well as the Khalifa of the time. He says that when the installation was completed and the TV was turned on once again after the prayers, my sermon was being played on MTA at the time. The non-Ahmadis present began to attentively listen to the sermon. Since it was being played in the English language, the Mualim told them that he would translate it for them. They replied that though they couldn't understand what was being said, but by God, whatever the person was saying could not be a lie. If this was the Khalifa of the Ahmadiyya Jamaat, then this Jamaat could not be false, and they announced to accept Ahmadiyya right away. The Muallim from Mali writes 
that a person visited their mission house and told them that he regularly listened to their radio and he wanted to take the bed. The gentleman then filled out the bed form. Since he was quite well educated, he asked if there was literature in the French language so that he could benefit from it and also give it to his friends. The Muallim gave him the French translation of the book World Crisis and the Pathway to Peace which is a compilation of my various lectures relating to the establishment of peace. He opened the book immediately and when he saw the photo inside, he began to cry. He said that when he was in Daun, he would often pray to God to be guided on the right path. At the time, he saw Khalifatul Masih on countless occasions in his dream and he did not know at the time who that person was. He said that today he realized that his prayers had been answered and Allah the Almighty guided him. Nisma Sahiba is an Arab lady. She says, Two years prior to my birth, I saw the image of the promised Messiah for the first time. And whilst addressing it, in fact, before narrating this, she mentioned that you spoke of a child who had scribbled some lines and had written, Hazul, I love you. She states, children do not lie. And this incident had a deep impact upon my heart. And so she also took the bed. She further narrates, After some time, I looked at the photo of the Promised Messiah and said, your features indicate that you are a pious person and cannot be a liar. But despite this, I cannot testify to the fact that you have been divinely commissioned. Two years later, after doing further reading, I took the bed in early 2016. However, despite this, I harbored some doubts with regards to Khilafat. The Satan within me would say that how could I allow a person who claims to be the Khalifa to take control of my life? Why should I write to him and inform him of my matters? What was the benefit of Khilafat? However, all these doubts were removed after reading Khilafat al-Rashta and Nizami Khilafat and Obedience, which were written by the Hazrat Muslimaul. All the matters were explained in these. I then wrote a letter to you, and upon receiving the reply, all my doubts were completely removed, and I was convinced that Khilafat indeed follows in the footsteps of the Promised Messiah she further wrote, The love which Allah the Almighty bestows in one's heart is indeed deeply rooted and we cannot understand how this comes about. She further wrote, It is for this reason that majority of the Ahmadis have love for the Promised Messiah in particular and for all the Khulafa in general, just like children have. Prior to the birth, I had no idea of this kind of love. A circuit missionary from Nigeria says that during a question and answer session a debate ensued that instead of adding the father's name to the child, the child should be given the family name which has been passed down from generation to generation. Upon this they were told that according to the teachings of the Holy Quran, the child should be attributed to by its father's name. Some of the non-Ahmadis and those who had recently converted to Ahmadiyyat were not entirely satisfied by this response. He says, however, two days later, as you were delivering a sermon on the companions, you related incidents from the life of Hazrat Zayd bin Thabit and said that the Arabs began calling him Zayd bin Muhammad, at which time Allah the Almighty commanded that he should be called by his father's name. Upon hearing this sermon, all the members of the Jama'at and the others became happy as the Khalifa of the time had guided them in a matter which had been dis being discussed only two days prior. Some thought that perhaps in the span of two days the missionary had relayed this news to the Khalifa of the time due to which he mentioned this. However, he assured them that he had not said anything. He says, We rejoiced at the fact that Allah the Almighty Himself provided the answer to our question. 
It was out of this happiness that a wealthy member of the community purchased another large TV to watch MTA and asked for it to be put in the Lajna portion of the mosque where the ladies sit so that they were not bereft of the blessings of Khilafat. He then said that Khilafat speaks to the hearts. Who is the one establishing this connection with Khilafat in people from remote areas and Ahmadis from various countries and backgrounds? Surely it is the support and help of Allah the Almighty. Otherwise this cannot be fathomed by the human mind. Then there is Barifan Saiba, a woman from Norway. She says that every true Ahmadi says, Our beloved Hazul resides in our hearts and before our eyes, and we pray for him. Our only worry in the world is to make him happy and to come up with ways of helping to lighten his burden. You have stated in your sermons that the companions used to protect the Holy Prophet by bearing the blows of arrows and would stand firm in the face of any onslaught. My eyes fill with tears upon imagining such instances and wonder what I would do if I faced the same situation. She is an Arab. Would I stand firm as well? I then pray that Allah the Almighty enables us to protect the Khalifa of the time and Khilafat with our hearts and our lives by sacrificing our wealth and our progenies, just like the companions did. For many years I have been praying in my Salat that Allah the Almighty causes angels to descend upon you in numbers equal to the number of your worries and the responsibilities you bear, and for them to surround you. This is the connection of sincerity and loyalty which Allah the Almighty establishes in people's hearts. And God willing, Allah the Almighty will continue to grant the community of the Promised Messiah and Khilafat the Ahmadiyya such people who increase in their loyalty and sincerity. Worldly people cannot understand this. An Arab in Germany accepted Ahmadiyyat and his friends asked him, How could you become a Qadiani? The new convert replied, There are a hundred Arabs here. He was also an Arab. And none of you can agree on any matter. The Ahmadiyya community has a single leader and it is according to his command that the community moves, which is why its endeavours are blessed. So tell me, what extraordinary qualities do you possess which would cause me to leave them and join you? Thus, so long as every Ahmadi remains attached to Khilafat, they will continue to inherit the blessings of Allah the Almighty. In order to achieve this, we must mould our actions according to the teachings of God Almighty. It is only then that we will benefit from this bounty, and this is what Allah the Almighty has promised. Those whose faith is accompanied by actions which comply with the ways outlined by God, they will continue to reap the blessings of Khilafat. In other words, we will reap these benefits when we have complete faith in Allah the Almighty, accompanied with fulfilling the rites of His worship, and when our every action is in search of attaining Allah the Almighty's pleasure. The Promised Messiah states, In the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty included good deeds along with faith. Good deeds are those which contain not the slightest bit of deviance. He states, If there is even a single person in a household who carries out good deeds, then the entire household is safeguarded. Think of it as such. If good deeds do not exist, then mere faith is of no benefit. Hence, we must continuously analyze ourselves and beware lest Satan attacks us. Allah the Almighty enabled our forefathers to accept the promised Messiah or enables us to accept him. This is his favor. And in order to perpetuate the bounties of this favor, we must always strive to increase and protect our faith so that each one of us may partake of this bounty which was foretold by the Holy Prophet and which was promised by Allah the Almighty to the Promised Messiah that is the institution of Khilafat. Hence, we must continue to analyze ourselves so as to see the degree to which we have attached ourselves to Khilafat, so that we may be united in establishing the unity of God Almighty in the world. 
At one instance, the Promised Messiah says, Rejoice and be happy that the field of achieving nearness is vacant, i.e. the field of attaining the nearness to God and drawing close to Him is empty. Every nation is in love with the world, and to what pleases God, the world pays no attention. Now is the time for those who wish to enter this door, in other words, the door that leads towards God Almighty, that they, mustering all their strength, show their mettle and win the much-coveted prize from God. Do not think that God will let you go to waste. You are the seed which the hand of God has sown in the earth. God says that this seed will grow and flower and its branches will spread in all directions and it will become a vast tree. The Promised Messiah further states, God addressed me and said that I should inform my Jamaat that those who believe and their belief is not adulterated with worldly considerations and is free from hypocrisy and cowardice and is not found wanting at any stage of obedience. Such people are the favourites of God. And God says that indeed these are the ones whose station is that of truth. He stated all of these things in his book, The Will, in which he also gave glad tidings of the establishment of Khilafat. Hence, this statement of his indicates that every Ahmadi should have a connection of sincerity and loyalty with Khilafat. And they are the ones who will rise to the level of doing justice to their oath of allegiance. It is only when this is achieved that we will be doing justice to commemorating Khilafat Day. May Allah the Almighty enable everyone to do justice to their oath of allegiance and also reap the blessings of Allah the Almighty. I would also like to briefly announce that today the Ghana Jamaat is commencing its Jalsa Salana for three days. Rather, it is a two-day Jalsa on the 27th and 28th of May and will be held in bustan Ahmed. Aside from this, they have arranged 119 centres across the country, including five larger centres, which will all be connected via audio and video link. The Ghana Jamaat was established in 1921 when Mulana Abdul Rahim Nayir Sahib departed from London and arrived in Ghana. Last year, Ghana Jamaat wished to celebrate their centenary but were unable to due to COVID. They have now decided to continue their program in 2022 to 2023. May Allah the Almighty make their Jalsa blessed in every way and continue to increase Ahmadis there in sincerity and loyalty. Similarly, the Gambia's Jalsa is also commencing today and will be a three-day Jalsa. May Allah the Almighty bless this in every respect. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, من يعده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفاشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيزكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكروا الله يذكركم 